Thank you, Becky, for that ministry of music. We continue in our study tonight of the Beatitudes, after having been away from them for a period of time. Tonight we look at Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have been emphasizing the countercultural nature of the Beatitudes. So far we have had seven expectations for blessedness that are quite different from the desires and expectations of the culture. Today, the emphasis is not just that the Beatitudes are countercultural, but are, in fact, rejected and even hated by the culture. So what we're going to consider tonight is just totally beyond the pale of uh, a non-believer's thinking, and that is that, that uh, persecution is a blessed condition to be in. But we want to look at why that is the case. This rejection of the kingdom and its principles is not just an ethereal rejection of its teaching, but in fact a rejection of Jesus Christ and those who identify with him. In other words, those that reject the truth also reject those that speak the truth and identify with the truth. There is a rejection of Christ's kingship and a willingness to allow him to reign over them. Thus, those who demonstrate allegiance to Christ and seek to promote that allegiance to him are also rejected. They are viewed at best with skepticism and at worst with hatred or contempt. So that when the people of God identify with Jesus Christ, whom the world hates because they don't want him to rule over them, we share in that hatred. Key verses are Matthew's 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This eighth beatitude differs from the first seven. What is striking about this eighth beatitude is that it is much longer than the first seven. And additionally, it is the only beatitude that comes with a personal application. Uh, taking note that this is a much longer beatitude than the earlier beatitudes, I'm going to take an extra week to deal with the subject uh, of persecution and the blessedness associated with it. So we will consider that both tonight and next Sunday night as well. 
But the idea that uh, it is personal is given to us in Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. This becomes extremely personal. And we need to view ourselves as a part of that blessed group when we indeed experience persecution. So theme, an essential element of being a part of God's kingdom is to suffer persecution. Definition, to be persecuted is to be pursued, not to be left alone. It can be a broad spectrum of negative responses that one can have toward us. In just a few moments, I will go into what some of those responses are. But first, we will begin with this idea. There is persecution that arises on two counts. They are very similar and yet distinct. The first is that there is going to be persecution that is going to result from living righteously. Matthew 5.10 Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. To be persecuted for the sake of righteousness. 2 Timothy verses 10, 11, and 12 of chapter 3 state, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came upon me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's a word of universal thought that if you are going to live a godly life, you are going to be persecuted. So maybe I should jump over to Page three, look with me at number four. The idea of persecution covers a vast range of things. Note the range of activities that are associated with persecution. First, insults. Blessed are you when people insult you. When people insult you. I don't know what you think of when you think of persecution. I guess usually what comes to my mind is imprisonment, jails, beatings, uh, or martyrdom. But this idea of persecution has a very, very broad application in the Word of God. And in Matthew 5.11, it starts even with the thought of being insulted. That's a part of what is being viewed as persecution. And if you're going to live a righteous life, you are going to, at best, suffer insults. If you are a young person, maybe you were at some point in your life called a goody two-shoes. You could have been a teacher's pet. There are all kinds of words that are used to describe people that try to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, you can be uh, an informant. You can be a company man. There are all kinds of acronyms that are used to describe people that want to do What is right? People don't like to be around those that are having a certain standard of righteousness when they themselves don't live up to or magnify that standard. Uh, 
your presence is annoying. So persecution includes insults. Next, persecution includes being lied about. And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. One of the frustrating things about living a righteous life is when people lie about what you have said or what you've done or make other accusations that are groundless. Certainly, Jesus was the recipient of many false accusations. Uh, One of them took place even at his uh, trial when they said that he taught that it was wrong to pay tribute to Caesar. In fact, Jesus taught the exact opposite. But they lied about what Jesus said. In fact, they paid people to give false witness. I I think that it is hard when you're at work, when people lie about what you've said or what you've done. When you're at school, when you are with your friends and people spread nasty rumors. When people misrepresent what you have to say, that's all part of what persecution is. And it certainly is not a pleasant thing to go through. But being lied about is a part of persecution. And then persecution occupies a broad spectrum that at its worst is to suffer bodily harm or even death. Paul says, I persecuted the followers of this way to their death. And there are loads of examples, both in the Word of God and in church history, uh, that tell us of people who have died for their faith. If you have never at least browsed through it, I would uh, commend to you Fox's Book of Martyrs. And uh, to read accounts, they're brief, of individuals. And there are just so many that have died for their faith. In fact, the Greek word for a witness is uh, a martyros. Martyros is the Greek word for witness. And I think you can quickly uh, guess what English word comes from that. And it's a martyr. Because in the New Testament era, it was almost one the same. If you were going to be a witness for Jesus Christ, it meant you were going to experience martyrdom. Uh, Eleven of the twelve apostles died because of their commitment to Jesus Christ. And the twelfth apostle that did not die for that uh, commitment is the apostle John. But he died in exile. He died on the Isle of Patmos in a state of imprisonment. So here is persecution. Here is persecution. Now back to page two. There is a persecution that is going to come as a result of living righteously. Uh, When you are at work and you try to defend righteous standards, when you speak about what is right and holy and just and good, uh, you may be mocked, uh, you may be ridiculed, uh, you may be challenged about uh, what is, in fact, right. Uh, Our nation certainly has some peculiar thoughts about what is right and appropriate in any given um, situation. And usually the Bible is not referred to as a way of 
authenticating or authorizing what indeed is right. Secondly, there is a persecution that results from identifying with Jesus Christ. Matthew 5.11 Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. So the one is just for living righteously. And then the second is in direct association with Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 15.20 Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. In modern day evangelicalism, we have some strange concepts about godly living and what is going to be the result of godly living. And for some, the idea of persecution is just totally off the map. Certainly, God wouldn't allow His people to suffer. Certainly, God would not require such things at the hands of of His own. Uh, The best way to understand the treatment of those whom He loves is by looking at the Lord Jesus Christ. We should always use Him as our model. We should always use Him as our example. And one of the things that we readily and quickly see is that God did not spare His Son from persecution, from suffering, from hardship. And there's no reason to think that He is going to spare us Now, we in America have had it so great for so long. Uh, Our persecution is on the left-hand side of this this spectrum. It's the insults. It's the mockery from time to time. But rarely, rarely is it imprisonment. Is it a beating? Is it that you are risking your life for a witness for Jesus Christ? There we have to keep in view a worldwide view. There are many places on the face of this earth this day that if you're going to identify with Jesus Christ, it may mean your life. Simply by being baptized. Simply by naming the name of Jesus Christ. There are people that are being disowned. uh, People that are being shunned. People that are being rejected in certain parts of this world. Simply because they identify with Jesus Christ. Next week we're going to to look at some of the aspects of government and persecution. And uh, I'll have much more to say about that next week. Number three. As Christians, we must be careful that when we are persecuted, it is because of righteousness' sake, not because of our own miserable Behavior. Being persecuted for doing what is right is praiseworthy. 1 Peter 2.19 For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. To suffer unjustly, to be persecuted is a good thing. However, being persecuted for wrongdoing is not praiseworthy or blessed. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it. 
Uh, There's no credit to be involved in that. Uh, You can be a miserable human being and people won't like you. Well, you can't puff out your, your chest and say, I'm suffering for Jesus Christ. No, you're suffering because you're a miserable human being. If you're hard to get along with, if you're argumentative, uh, <coughs> people won't like you. There's nothing praiseworthy in that. <coughs> but if you're long-suffering, if you're gentle, if you're meek, and you are simply trying to do what is right, and you are not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are being persecuted, that is extremely praiseworthy. Over to page 3, number 5. Being persecuted is a sign of belonging to the kingdom of God because those who are not born again will not be willing to suffer the persecution that comes from being associated with the Word. Matthew 5.10 Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you are being persecuted for true righteousness' sake, then you can have assurance that you are a part of God's kingdom. Notice Mark 4, 16 and 17. And in a similar way, these are the ones on whom when seed was sown, this is the parable of the sower and the seeds, when the seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy, and they have no firm root in themselves, but only temporary, then... When affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. So note that these individuals have no endurance whatsoever. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. When affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. There is nothing as purifying in the life of the church as persecution. Severe persecution separates not the men from the boys, but the believers from the non-believers. The professors from the possessors. From those that are truly born again and those that are merely religious. Because there has been such little persecution in the United States, in fact, contrary to being persecuted, There are actually benefits that have been derived in time past from being a Christian. It is still, in the United States today, to the political advantage of a candidate to be a normative Christian, a nominal Christian, to say that they are a churchgoer, and to evoke God's name every once in a while, not too often, And not in a way that's going to make a decision in their judgment. But to call upon God to bless this nation and to show up and sit in a pew is still positive. That still gets votes. That's still looked on in a positive situation. It is still to the advantage many times of businessmen to go to church and be viewed as a churchgoer Hopefully, they will be trusted and get more business. There there are certain benefits that are to be had, even today, in being associated with God's 
people. But once persecution comes, once it becomes a matter of suffering in order to be associated with Jesus Christ, you can see why those that are not genuine would not want to continue on in their profession and they fall away. Notice B. There is no reason for these professors to endure for they are not a true part of the kingdom. They have no firm root in themselves. They're not grounded. They're not rooted in righteousness and holiness in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Their allegiance to Christ is short-lived, but are only temporary. No permanence. And they fall away due to persecution. When affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. Certainly, it would be a very purifying effect if to gather in God's house might bring with it a jail term. To be reading the Bible might be uh, illegal. You think of a Daniel in the uh, book of Daniel when the law was passed that you could not even pray to God. Uh, Only those, you see, that are truly born again are going to persist in those religious disciplines if persecution were to come. The blessedness is that to you belongs the kingdom. Not because you have earned it. Not in the sense that it is because you're persecuted, therefore God allows you to be part of His kingdom, but because it is a sign, it's a demonstration that if you're willing to endure persecution, then your faith must be real. Then there must be some genuineness to it. This morning I talked about the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Um, One of the ways that you know you're a child of God is when you are willing to suffer to some degree to do the right thing. You know, whether it be paying tithes, whether it be living a moral life, uh, there are implications. And some people just want to do what is pleasurable. Persecution is not pleasurable. Sixthly, conversely, the child of God receives grace that will enable him or her to stand in the midst of persecution. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or power of sword? As written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. God gives us the ability to stand and to stand firm. I'm a coward. I'm a coward. Left by myself, I'm a huge coward. And I certainly would not be one that would look forward to persecution. And yet I believe, by faith, that if it were to come to that, that God would give me the strength to go through it. And I do not view myself as unique in one iota. Because I believe that God will give all of His people strength to continue on. So, 
we can stand firm because of the grace of God. Number seven, there are good reasons to rejoice when we suffer persecution. It says rejoice and be glad. The first thing I want to note are some examples of people that rejoiced when they suffered persecution. One are the apostles, uh, Peter and others, in Acts 5.41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name the Lord Jesus Christ. They rejoiced because they said that they were worthy of suffering, meaning that they had lived lives that brought about suffering. Suffering because of Jesus Christ. They were thankful that people knew that they belonged to Jesus Christ. They were thankful for the testimony They were thankful for the grace of God, and so they rejoiced in the midst of their suffering. Oh, that we might rejoice because people know that we belong to to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they did. Probably one of the most familiar passages is found in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas. Acts 16.22 The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Notice, they weren't joining in. It was unique to Paul and Silas. They were rejoicing in the midst of being beaten and in the midst of being afflicted, in the midst of being in stocks, in the midst of being in prison. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. Secondly, Being persecuted is a cause of rejoicing because we'll be rewarded in heaven. Rejoice and be glad. This is in our Matthew passage, the Beatitude. Rejoice and be glad. Why? For your reward in heaven is great. In 1 Peter it says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. There will be a time in the future after the resurrection that we are going to be rewarded greatly if we have suffered persecution. We are going to be commended. We're going to be praised. This life, you might be ridiculed, mocked, belittled, but in the life to come, you will be exalted, 
praised, lifted up. Rejoice, because the persecution will come to an end, and the exaltation will be forever and ever. And lastly, being persecuted is a cause for rejoicing, because we are in good company when we are persecuted. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus, remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If you are persecuted, you're in great company. You're in the company of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're in the company of the prophets in the Old Testament. As as you're reading through the Old Testament uh, right now and your Bible reading, uh, just prophet after prophet that is being persecuted. It's easy to read those passages and not take them to heart in the sense of putting ourselves in the shoes of those individuals. But uh, you're in a elite group in the Word of God. If you suffer persecution, uh, you can rejoice. And then uh, I have this quote from the Beatitudes for Today by James C. Howell. He says, and I quote, Jews like Jesus and the disciples were reared on stories of persecution. Jesus alluded to the long history of God's servants being assaulted by the powers that be when at the crest of the Mount of Olives, with his panoramic view of the city, he lamented, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killing the prophets and stoning those who were sent to you. And he had many such prophets in mind. Little known Zechariah was killed by King Joash. 2 Chronicles 24-21 Isaiah, according to tradition, fled for the hills outside of Jerusalem. But the henchmen of wicked King Manasseh tracked him down and sawed him in two. During the days of Jeremiah, another prophet, Uriah was executed by King Jehoiakim. Jeremiah himself was ridiculed and imprisoned. And many believed that he was stoned to death in Egypt. So pointed was his continued protest against idolatry. From the spot where he was standing, Jesus could see three stunning rock-hewn monuments on the eastern stone slope excuse me, of the Kidron Valley. All Jews were familiar with these tombs of the prophets, particularly the square stone tomb with a pyramid-shaped roof known as Zechariah's tomb, another so-called tomb of Jason. So as Jesus looked out over the city of Jerusalem and lamented the treatment that the prophets had experienced as Jesus was riding to his own death, that death on the cross, that aspect of persecution, he thought of those who had died before. Conclusion. We must... Prepare ourselves to suffer persecution. Um, Ready ourselves. And you may say, well, how do we do that? That's one of the things I want to look at next week in more detail. But we can follow the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. First, there was a distinct possibility 
so that they would be persecuted for failing to worship the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had created. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace. Remember he built a, a furnace and said everyone needed to bow down. They refused to bow down. And they knew that in that refusal, it may be their life. They were threatened with the idea that if they didn't bow down, they were going to be thrown into this burning, fiery furnace. There was an anticipated expectation that God would spare their lives. Daniel 3.17, if we were thrown into the blazing furnace, the God (coughs) who we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego expected that God would deliver them. There is ample reason to think that God will spare us from the most severe kinds of persecution. It is still the minority of people that die for righteousness sake and die for being associated with Jesus Christ. Though there have been myriads of people that have, they are still the remnant. They're they're still the, the smaller part of Christendom. The majority of Christendom hasn't died for their faith. And we can expect that we will not have to die. Three, however, if it become apparent that God would not spare their lives, they would continue to serve God anyway. Daniel 3.18 But even if He does not, that is, spare our lives, we want you to know, O King, that we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold you have set up. David, uh, excuse me, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, it doesn't matter what persecution you send our way, uh, we are still going to serve God. The challenge for us is to make a commitment by the grace of God that says, God, no matter what, I want to serve you. And pray that God would keep us from persecution. Expect that God will preserve us from the worst kinds of persecution. But if not, if not, we are saying we are ready to die for our faith. Saying that with great humility. Saying that with great awareness of how the Spirit may be willing, but the flesh is weak. Relying ultimately on the Spirit of God to give us grace in order to accomplish that. With that in mind, I included this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Of course, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. uh, was assassinated. And in the height of the Civil Rights Movement, he said this to his followers. I can't promise that you won't be beaten I can't promise you that it won't get your home bombed. I can't promise you that you won't get scared a bit. But we must stand up for what is right. If you haven't discovered something that is worth dying for, you haven't found anything worth living for. Uh, People are dying today. They are dying for causes. They are dying in wars. Our military 
are putting their lives on the line. Police officers put themselves in situations in which their lives are at stake. There are a number of occupations that people know. Firefighters. All kinds of occupations where they are placing themselves in harm's way. Willing to risk their lives because they view the cause to be worth it. I simply say to each of us tonight, there is no greater cause than the cause of Christ. There is no greater need than those that are without Christ. I admire, I appreciate people who put their lives on the line in order to save the physical lives of others. But I tell you, how much more then should we be willing to put our physical lives on the line in order to save the spiritual lives of others? That they don't spend an eternity in hell, but they spend an eternity in heaven. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake or for identifying with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you and help us. Uh, Lord, we, we don't want to talk about these things glibly. Uh, they, they are hard. They are difficult. Uh, nobody likes to be mocked. Nobody likes to be ridiculed. Nobody likes to be insulted. Nobody likes to be ostracized. Lord, help us to be willing to be mocked, ridiculed, ostracized, whatever it takes to live righteously and to identify with you. And Lord, give us boldness and may we not fear death. Lord, if there's anyone that has nothing to fear about death, it's the child of God. For we know that to be absent from the body is to be present with you. And if we die a martyr's death, We know that great, great is our reward in heaven. So, Lord, give us a greater assurance of our own standing with you. Lord, help us to so believe that we don't fear death. We're all going to die somehow. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's a heart attack. Maybe it's another... Maybe it's another disease or maybe it's an automobile accident or, Lord, maybe it's for the cause of Christ. But we're all going to die. May the reason we die bring glory to you and may it be worthwhile. Help us, O God, to stand for you by your grace. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. And you are dismissed.